0: Oh well, you know, a podcast really takes some dedication. <coughs> What's up there, Morpho? <coughs>
1: Nothing there, Petty Soso. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. I just woke up, man. I don't know how to how in the world did y'all get up this morning? I mean were you, I mean I couldn't sleep last night. When I got home, I just laid in bed. I couldn't sleep last night. You're so, just too wound up from all the You're all so that finicky,
1: stuff. man. You're just you're sensitive about everything.
0: Well, I'm a complex human being. Yeah. You know. Well, I'm not quite as simple as you, Blanco Morpo.
1: <clears> well, I've got a simple body and a complex mind and you've got a simple mind and a complex body.
0: <laughs> you say so. How what in the world how did you get up at 5
2: this morning, Justin? Uh <laughs> Well, you know, I got home, and I was pretty wore out from, from the trip and uh, went to sleep, and then my mind started racing. I got up and ended up watching a bunch of the recap from yesterday, and I just, I couldn't go back to sleep, so Dude, Gosh, we, dog, we did it in reverse order.
1: That freaking, um, that pay booth after the airport gave me fits, son. You went right on through that thing. Leaving the airport? Oh, you're talking
2: about um paying to get out of the parking <clears> the <throat> parking deck. Yeah, yeah, the ticket thing. It well, you and so the one person in front of me looked like they had been there for a while. They backed up and went to another lane and they it's hit or miss. So typically when I'm traveling, I go through the the main baggage check on the lower level into the parking deck and there's a a uh, pay kiosk right there. Oh, okay. I pay, get my ticket, and then you can scan it and roll right out.
1: Son, that joker gave me fits. It it wouldn't work. I moved to another one, and it took forever and finally worked. And then it spit the receipt out like like a darn. Like it's like you put a dollar bill in a baseball pitcher and it just. It out of yeah, it. and I had to get out of the dang car to get it. Good well, gosh.
0: You tell you what? Do I do when all that stuff's going on? You sit
1: around your freaking phone. <laughs>
0: Dang useless. I, I do the same thing with him and Chili uh, when we're traveling <laughs> because they're not <clears throat> they're not very traveled people, you know. So <laughs> when, when we're traveling and, and they go through all these troubles of, you know, where to pay for parking and how to turn, I know out of where here, to pay. And, the freaking booth y- didn't work, y- you know. Uh, I I just I don't even get in the middle of it. I, I just let them work through it. Oh no! You get in the middle of it and you say, oh,
1: "I tell you what, we need to park this thing because I'm getting
0: frustrated."
1: <laughs> you, know? you get in the
0: middle of it all right. because if I if I jump in or or Justin, if you jumped in, Justin's very well traveled too. Um, if, you know, if we jump in and we tell them how to do it properly. Uh, they they wouldn't learn the same way we had to learn. See, we had to go through all that stuff. We had to learn how to travel and, and uh, get around and do things like that. But Man, we learned it the hard way, too. So that's why when him and Chili, they, they're gro- they go through some terrible pains, and it's painful to watch them. It takes every ounce of strength that I have not to jump in and oh, just whatever. tell them how
1: to do it. That's the that's the good know, excuse. Of, that's a great excuse for you to not fool with it. I know that laziness. that
0: I'm cheating them out of the growth that they need to, to work through if I jump in and tell them what to do. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I, hear you. I mean, yeah. that's, that is a really good thought, and I'm going to have to
1: start doing that and other things in the business and stuff when you're floundering and getting <sighs> aggravated. I'm just going to get over on Instagram and answer no. the two messages I've got.
0: No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, we just come on here today. Well, you know, Christmas is coming up here in just a little while. I think this will be our last, I think this will be our only podcast for the week because we got Christmas coming up on Friday or Saturday or one of those days. I don't know, but uh, we probably won't do a Sunday episode. It'll probably just be here Wednesday, and uh, we'll take Sunday off. That you you guys should know this. We don't pre-record podcasts. Uh, Sometimes we will, but it's not like we have a whole bank of podcasts sitting somewhere. We like to talk about what is currently happening in the world and our life and what we're learning and all that. So um, we'll pick back up next Wednesday with the podcast schedule on point. And um, that's the plan. But we went out to this uh, event put on by turning point usa america fest me justin shealy the trail trash dirt bag and blake the trail trash dirt bag and justin shealy are the same person one in the same person so it's a three-man team uh when blake told me about this event i as usual immediately said no nah. when you're just getting off the paddle trip too yeah yeah i guess i was <laughs> i don't remember when it was but if you say so I don't have much memory. I said, no, we ain't going to do no Turning Point USA event. For free, by the way, this was – later did I learn it was geared toward youths. Youths. And, um, you know, it just – we've been running hard, man. And sometimes free stuff, even if it's for a good cause, you just don't have the capacity to do everything – it comes down the pipe. Praise Jesus that we have things coming down the pipe. But um you know, good gosh, it took you two or three months to convince me to go to this thing. Yeah. Luckily they bear, <clears throat> bared with us enough to
1: give us the time. Yeah. I uh, just kept uh I just kept giving them real vague answers cuz I knew I was going to try to talk you into doing it, so I just kept kind of giving them just enough to keep them on keep us on the hook why did you want to go do this thing <clears throat> i don't know i just felt like it was was going to be a good opportunity and you you know one of the things we always talk about is packing out a stadium and and being able to share the message that god has given us with a bunch of people and i thought man this is uh this is a perfect opportunity <sighs> that someone else has put in all the work to put in this to put on this event and get all these people there and have the platform to put it out. So I thought, well, you know, why not? And mm. uh, it just seemed like a, a good opportunity, not for us to get the business out there, but just to get our message out there. You know, the message that God has given us to share.
0: Well, bless you, Blanco Mocro. <laughs> Blanco Morfo. <laughs> yeah. Bless you, sir. Yeah. Blake's always thinking on a, you know, he's thinking on that higher plane than me. So he convinced me to do it. Well, look, Justin, why? Um, why did you decide to come, man? Once we convinced, once we were convinced to do this, how did you hear about it, and why did you decide to come along?
2: I heard about it from Blake, and you know, I Blake Blake said something to me about it, and I just I thought about it, and I said, man, uh, this this scenario being there, I knew you guys were going to need some help um at least just an extra hand there um and i just shot it over to you shot it over to Blake said hey i think i can lend a hand um i've got some experience in you know doing these kind of things uh and that's how it worked out and i think it went well um it was it was really fun and exciting to go to um and you know, I'm just thankful and humbled and privileged to have the opportunity. Well, something
1: like that is different than a regular speaking engagement, and I didn't know it was going to be that way. No, I
0: didn't either. But Justin knew. Yeah. If he if <laughs> it would have just
1: been me and you, son, we didn't we we wouldn't have been able to to do what we did. No, nah. you, you
2: got to have more support than just one person there well there's so many people in there to begin with and you know so many people that have access to you mm-hmm. so from a from a security standpoint that's pretty important to have multiple people um you know especially when you got so many people coming around you um that's important but then just navigating you know that complex of a space yeah um understanding where things are going to be, how, you know, how the event's going to take place. And and it's, it's kind of spread out in that format. So it's not just, they don't have somebody walking you through, guiding you through. They just kind of say, Hey, welcome. Here's your credentials. Have fun. And you yep. got to find your way around. Yep.
0: Yeah. I didn't expect it to be like that either. I mean, these cats had a, uh, exhibition room, uh a, a whole media row then they had the big stage and yeah i didn't i didn't know what was about to happen uh but you know justin has become a big part of three or seven project and it it's it's not because uh it, it's just it just happened it's it happens organically and it's the best way for it to happen i think In and 307 Project as a business, as a ministry, whatever. We we can try to choose people that we think would fit good as a part of the team, but inevitably, the best option is always going to be the people like Justin who choose to sacrifice their time, their money, their efforts, the value that they bring to the table and it just happens organically, man. Yeah. And so Justin has really become a just a a team member. Yeah. Here at Three O Seven Project, and I think it's, I mean, talk about being humbled. I'm I'm the one that's humbled. Yeah. That you would, that's a big commitment, man. Yeah. You took two days away from your family. Right, you used your Sky Miles to pay for your airplane ticket so that you could come and serve the mission that we were on. Yep. You talk about being humbled. And the wild thing is, too, man, your gifts in that arena were, were perfect because you actually in three ways influenced me there. Uh, you influenced the message. You influenced my position on stage. And you influenced my attire, and those three things were key key points. I think to make the impact that we made there. Yeah. Um. So, I just I love that. I love how just organic our brotherhood and friendship and and professional um, contributions and relationship even has become. It's pretty awesome. Well, that's to me that justin
1: has showed me that's how you get to be a part of things that you like and you want to do is just putting yourself out there you want
0: to be a part of something make yourself available man show somebody how you can what you can bring to the table show them
1: yeah and and valuable one thing i always noticed with you that you don't see with many people is you see a need before it comes up and you say hey i'm going to go ahead and do this it's like parking the car getting the, you know thinking ahead and going ahead and just saying hey i I see this is going to need to be done, and I'm going to take care of it. When we were doing the the uh, airsoft thing, you know, like, hey, let me go ahead and get these and start wiping the goggles down. And so just seeing that ahead, and to me, say making yourself available is one big thing, but also making yourself valuable and showing that. And I mean, we were talking on the way home. We was like, "Dang man, Justin is a hard worker. There ain't he'll do any job. It doesn't matter." And so it's
0: just been cool and well. that is one of the most valuable aspects of a of a team member <clears throat> and even a leader is like just what Blake said. Your ability to pick up on what needs to be done and don't just sit around and ignore what's happening around you and wait for someone to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Like... That's a huge huge thing, yeah that uh most people just look right, most people don't even think in those terms they're like, well, I'm here, uh if they uh, need me they'll tell yeah you. tell me tell me what you need me to do, tell me what you need It's like you don't ever have to tell Justin what you need him to do. he's doing stuff that you don't even know you needed to be done
2: yeah i don't I don't like to sit around and wait on uh you know, people to tell me what to do. I really appreciate all of that guys. And, you know, <clears throat> I I give all the glory to God for everything that happened when when we took on this mission and made this trip. But you know, the way that I approach things like this, um, I I I value my time more than anything else. So if I invest my time in something, um, I, I might as well be pulling money out of the bank Mm -hmm. yeah and for me um if i'm gonna go in on something and i believe the mission i I gotta have skin in the game and i gotta be committed um and i really believe in this mission you, you guys know i love you guys and i'll do anything for you um this this is important it's it's very important um to me, to my family, to the body of three of seven, everybody that I talk to, um, there, th- th- there's a lot going on with this that sometimes I don't, I can't even comprehend. Um, but I just ask God to lead me and put me where He needs me to be to serve in whatever capacity, and that's what I'm gonna do. Hmm.
0: I remember the first time I met Justin. Uh, the first time I saw Justin was on Patreon. Yeah, I'll I'll never forget it. Yeah,
1: he shared. I don't remember what he shared, but I remember him sharing something on there, and I thought, "Dang, who is this
2: guy?"
0: Yeah, you came out of nowhere, dude. <laughs> and now here we are.
2: Yeah, deploying. Well, you got and you working put out, together. You put out something. Um, I, I think it was after I was on Patreon, but you put out something. Uh, on Instagram. An, an open PT. Yeah. For a mountain bike ride. <clears throat> yeah. And I said, boy, that's my lane right there. I'll show up. And I was glad we're not running. <laughs> but, yeah. But you know, that was really cool. And, and I used that, um, you know, I don't think I've ever told you guys, but I said, Hey, I'm going to show up and I'm going to go do this bike ride with these guys. And I'm going to have all kinds of conversations where, wherever it goes. And I'm going to see if these guys are legit. And turns out, you know, what anybody watching or listening to this, when Chad comes on and says he's not an entertainer, um, that's a hundred percent. It's not about, um, entertaining people. It's not about, um, being a, being a talking head and speaking about, you know, whatever, uh, the, the popular things on Instagram or Twitter or whatever are, it's about being effective, um, following God's direction and doing what is actually going to make a difference. And pretty much after that mountain bike ride, I'm, I'm locked in, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ready. So man. We are
0: blessed, brother. Yeah. Gosh, we are blessed. You can't even freaking explain it, dude. No. How I mean we live in middle of nowhere, North Georgia. How do we how do we got we get we are surrounded by the best. Yeah. It don't even make no sense. There they ain't even that many people lives around here. And you couldn't pick
1: out a team this good if you were Ugh. if you were out putting out ads and trying to hire no.
0: people. No. You couldn't find a good enough team member. No. It's, uh. Well, I'll tell you, man. We could do a whole – we've about done a whole podcast. Mm-hmm. We could do a whole podcast on just that, how, how the, everything – just how things have progressed. And we may do that one day. But – Let's get back on our little mission that we're supposed to be doing an after-actions report on. What what would y'all even describe this? How would y'all describe this um, event? What was it?
1: I, I mean, I guess it... Go ahead. You know more about about these things.
2: Well, it it's a convention put on uh, like a trade show style convention. So, uh, open floor, there's a... Uh, like a, a large hall that's where all the speaking goes down, uh, and then separate halls throughout. One was a media row where all the media were lined up back to back with different booths um, doing interviews uh, as people came by. And they were, they were, a uh, few of them even tried to schedule some interviews, and yeah. one of them didn't pan out because they couldn't show up on time. Then uh, another room, um, that was more of just exhibit type stuff. So different random people, random companies, a lot of people selling t-shirts and hats. Um, And then a VIP area where speakers and guests could go in, hang out sort of a pre-function area. Um, And then of course the, the backstage area. Um, But as far as format, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. And Large convention center. Yeah.
0: And this was geared toward youths, right?
2: Yeah, I think it was 15 to uh,
1: 20 or something, or 21, maybe is their
2: targeted yeah. range. High school to college. Yeah. <coughs> and they have, so Turning Point USA has chapters uh, all across the country. And they had, um, of course, a lot of the individual chapter members, but a lot of their chapter leadership was there on the ground. And so, you know, when I got up this morning, I went and looked through all the different Turning Point USA chapter social media stuff, and it was just, it was all over it. Awesome. Well, uh, this
0: Turning Point organization, I want I, I do want to tell you guys, um, I am not an advocate for this Turning Point. I don't know enough about them. I, I don't know what they have done, what they are going to do. Um, all I know is what I saw in the few little hours I was there. Yeah. Um, what I did see is a lot of youths um, being greatly encouraged and emboldened just just because they were they had the opportunity to be amongst thousands of other young people that had the same values and morals and, and beliefs that they had. And I think youth youths are isolated in a lot of places around the nation right now, if they have biblical morals, values, and they have constitutional perspective on government. I feel like they feel isolated in their schools in their communities um, but this gathering brought them all together where they could have conversations and 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 be amongst people that thought like they thought, which in turn emboldened them and encouraged them that man, I am a good person mm-hmm. I, I'm uh, there there's some legitimacy to. To the way that I feel, or the way that I believe—not the way I feel—the way that I believe, the way that I, my perspective on life and reality. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. If nothing else came out of that event, just the fact that they were able to come together and they no longer felt isolated. Mm-hmm. I I thought that. And by the way, when we say come together, I'm talking about these jokers come together. They won't know. No restrictions on nothing. Yeah. They want nobody there concerned about this daggone coronavirus. (laughs) Nobody give a crap. And it was like old times. Yeah. And um, I liked that. Now, as far as turning point as the organization, as far as the speakers that they had out and who they advocate for and all this, I don't freaking know, man. Yeah. I don't know who they are, so I'm not saying I'm an advocate for them. Dude, when we spoke at this thing, I looked at the analytics on, on um, on the Instagram there. Yesterday, I was posting the clips from where we spoke. Yesterday, we lost about 500 followers on Instagram. Now, that backfield, we actually gained more than we lost, but about 500 people dropped off. Because of that, and so turning point, I think the reason is is because it is a Republican ran organization. Yeah. Um. And uh, what, whatever. I I am not a Republican. I want to let you guys know. I am not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I I'm actually uh, like I don't. I am anti federal government. Period. I think they're all a bunch of freaking sad sacks. Yeah, every last one of them. Uh, I think they all need to go on trial. I think everyone. I think the whole structure needs to be torn down. Every single person involved needs to go on trial. Um, and n- uh, not uh, some of them are going to come away from their their trial clean. There's some good guys, like that little guy in the wheelchair. He's probably a good guy. He could probably make it clean through his trial. I would think. But every one of them needs to go on trial. And we need to go back too. We need to return the authority to the states and have a very, very minimal federal government presence. that All right, that, y'all know that's what I believe. <clears throat> so I didn't go there to advocate for no Republican Party. I went there to advocate for the principles of the Constitution of the United States of America and the principles that are laid laid out within the design of our Creator—that's what I'm there to advocate for. Um, so we showed up to this place. We did a little walk through. Few people knew who we were. That was pretty cool. How yeah. about how about that dude that gave us that book, man? Talking about Jared Leto. <laughs>
1: Gosh,
2: <laughs> what dog. was the
1: guy's name that gave it to us? Um, <clears throat> I. I scrubbed it from my memory. I know he was an archangel, but I don't remember what his uh, what his Christian name was here on Earth. I mean, he said his name was Michael.
2: <laughs> I thought
0: <laughs> so. We're walking through this place, um, and you know, a couple people coming up to us and this and that. We gave a few interviews. This weird guy, man, walks up to us and hands us a little book that he had had printed. Where I don't even know who was he. He he started telling us the. The the Antichrist was alive and among us, and it well, was all laid out in this book.
2: Well, he walked up and said, "Chad, yeah, hey, I I brought this for you. Yeah, like like he showed up there to deliver that book for you. Yeah,
0: that that was weird. So uh, there, there were some weirdos mixed in. Well, you you get that everywhere you go though. Yeah. Um, but when we did that little walk through the first day, and then we look on the schedule. And I'm supposed to speak the next day on a panel of four people and there's 30 minutes. So I'm like, here we've come all the way out here to go on a panel with four people and we got 30 minutes. I've come all the way out here to give a five minute talk. What the crap, man? And I was ticked off. I was like, what am I? What the heck? This this was a big rigmarole roar cost us dang money yeah for five minutes of talk i was not digging it i was not digging it (laughs) oh i know so i know and anything that goes wrong he said
1: well if it does turn out that way it's your fault (laughs) (laughs) that's what he told me on the plane or somewhere i didn't
2: say i was gonna blame you i said it was your fault
1: (laughs) yeah
0: I, 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 and when I'm walking around this place, I, I'm looking at all these um, these talking heads and media and all these, uh, you know, political stuff. And I'm just thinking, what in the world do I even have to offer to this conversation? You know, I I am not political. What the world am I? Even if I only got five minutes, what the heck am I going to say? <laughs> I well, don't-
1: you got a member that's... You, the same thing you share to any come any uh um group of people is the same thing thats shared to every group of people don't matter if they're political religious yeah jail uh, you know in prison Christians whatever it's the same message anyways I know I know but
0: I I was just feeling like I didn't have anything specific felt out of place yeah and I will tell you what the the word Jesus was getting thrown around out there. Yeah. It was getting thrown around misused. a lot. It was getting misused just from the little bit that I heard. Mm-hmm. Especially that one woman yelling and screaming. You remember when she was yelling and screaming? And Yeah, she turned it up to 10 and just let her eat. <laughs> then she, she was on the rev
1: limiter
2: the whole time she was up there. <laughs> that was uh, Lauren Bobert from, and I think I pronounced her name right, but she's a politician from Colorado. Okay.
0: Yeah, I just uh yeah, yeah, it was it was a little bit weird, but but I mean, y'all got anything to say on that first day? I I mean, I'll say we say it was getting misused. Maybe somebody
1: got something out of it. It just seemed that it was uh people were were throwing it out there to try to get a a rise out of the crowd or something. Yeah. And not, and weren't sincere or genuine with the way they were sharing it, but again, who am I to say whether it's you know, uh, whether not someone got something out of it or not, you know? Yeah.
2: I think to me it showed, um, I, I really was able to pick out how many kind of disingenuous personalities are floating around in that space. Right. There's a lot of people that are, they're, they're just there to, they, they want to get pictures with everybody that's got a lot of followers on Instagram, you, you know, And and there may be a, <clears throat> there may be a good use for that at, at some point, but is it, is it serving anything worthy to do that? And if you're just doing it to bump your Instagram numbers up and get yeah. some people to watch you on YouTube, then I mean, uh, all right, but I'm, that's not for me. Like, I I, I want. I want to be effective. I want to make legitimate, real change for people, and that showed me just that space has got a lot of those people in it. It does, man. Yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: Do you remember
1: that guy? That um, I don't remember what he did, but he was sure to tell us. He said uh, he told us his name, and we was like, "Oh, we, I don't know. We don't know who you are." And he's like, "I'm an I'm an influencer." Oh, yeah, with the cowboy hat. Yeah. yeah, and he said, you remember that guy that stole that car and did this and that? And that and Las
0: Vegas shooting. Yeah, and we was like, no, man, nah. we, we hadn't heard of that. Sorry, man, I don't watch the freaking news. <laughs> yeah. Don't watch the news. But if you got to tell somebody
1: you're an influencer, I don't think you influence influencing too much.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I heard you. Oh, but my gosh. I don't want this to be a bash session on them people, but. Oh, some of the uh, some of the There's some smidlaps, that, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I think the takeaway is to, um, when you're sharing something, especially Jesus, check your intent. And when someone's sharing it with you, check their intent with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Not to say it couldn't mean something to you. Uh, but, I mean, that, that would be my takeaway, especially from being, a, you know, in that crowd. Because it was... Getting used a lot and felt like it was used as a tool to get a rise out of people. Yeah. Because, I mean, anytime they said something about Jesus or the Bible, everyone would stand up and clap and stuff. But, you know, even they were probably maybe doing it because it was the right thing to do. You know, they felt like it was the right thing to do.
2: Or the popular thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, in, in that crowd.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: But no, on the first day, I mean, that's, uh,
1: oh, <clears throat> we we can't forget the check-in.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: This is a closed
2: so, like, event, gentlemen. We go this is a closed event.
1: We go to walk in, Matt and there's a there's some people standing out in front of the door and my contact Jeffrey. he tells me just walk in and go over to this room and get checked in. So I thought, well all right. So here we come. I see the I see him up there kind of talking to people and I didn't want to really deal with talking to those people. I was just gonna go in the door like Jeffrey tells me. So I just kind of look in and I see him kind of start chatting with these other people, the security there at the front. I slip by him and I'm about (laughs) to walk in. in. (laughs) Yeah, I'm about to walk in the door and I look back and I hear Chad say, I got my ID. And and Matt, Matthew, this guy comes out in a suit and everything and he says, Whoa, 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 guys, this is a closed event. You can't come in here. And so we had this big thing. He liked to tackle you, didn't he?
0: Oh yeah. And, and he and, was bold. And up. you got you Blake, you were like, This is Chad. He he's speaking here. Yeah, they said and you got your confirmation? The guy the we could not convince the guy that I was supposed to be there. He thought I was some uh just riffraff. Yeah, I even pulled up the email
1: and it said speaker info and it had your name and you had your ID. And they were like calling back to the room and they were like, Oh yeah, we got his stuff here and, and Matthew was like, I ain't I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And he said, I'll walk I'll walk these guys back there. You're not walking back there by yourself. I'm he kept have...
2: asking for credentials.
1: Yeah. But we had everything that they had sent us and so Chad goes in and Eli Crane, here he comes up the Elevator.
0: Yeah, with his – Eli was dude it out, man, yeah. with his, you know, his whole get up, his suit on. And he had his campaign manager there with him. And Eli came up and gave me a big hug. And I think finally that security guy finally relaxed after that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was funny, though. <laughs> Son, he was not going to let y'all two in there. Y'all got to work on your gray man skills. Oh, yeah. my god. Yeah,
2: Blake slipped in uh, pretty easy. Chad and I got stopped and – uh, by the time we made it in with with uh, when Eli walked up, oh Matthew, the security guy, he was he was looking pretty shameful. Because <laughs> he, I, I think he just realized he judged a book by its cover. Oh uh, uh, yeah, failed miserably. He profiling out there. That's wasn't he? right.
0: Good That's on right. you for doing your job, though, yeah. Matthew. If yeah. you if you ever listen to this, good yep. on you. I would stop a guy that looked like me too. Yeah. Um. That yeah, you know funny. my driver's license picture. I don't know if y'all have ever seen it, but oh, I gosh. look like the Unabomber. Yeah, in my driver's license picture.
1: Yeah, if you ever get uh, arrested and they use that thing or wanted, <laughs> yeah, they say pull his driver's license picture and put that. That's nobody gonna be looking for
0: that guy. <laughs> oh hmm. man. Oh. Okay. Other. Oh, all right. First day. Also, we got to talk about Steve Weatherford's panel. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about Steve Weatherford's panel. Uh, Steve Weatherford is up there with Cameron Haynes, some UFC fighter. And what was his name? Uh, Michael. Um,
2: I can't remember his last name, but I can
0: find it. Light, light, he's a lightweight. Uh,
1: <clears throat> he's pretty pot. He yeah. has a million something followers on Instagram. Big like time UFC
2: be. guy and
0: Steve Weatherford. <clears throat> and um, boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, it was absolutely hilarious. Steve had one agenda up there, and it was to uh, share the gospel. And this talking head up there, John Root, <coughs> boy, what a what a guy he was. What a guy old John Root was. <laughs> he said, old John Root would look over at Steve and, and uh, ask him a direct question. And Steve would would blatantly just be like, "Good question," but I'm actually going to talk about this. Yeah, that's what he'd say. He 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 would just completely ignore whatever John Root wanted to talk about and talk whatever he wanted to talk about. The best
1: thing was that Steve stole the show. I I love that he just that he said, "John, that's a that's a good question, man. I'd love to answer it, but I've, I'm I come up here to talk about this." Yeah, yeah.
0: Old John Ray just sat there and smiled. Uh-huh. Sorry about that, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Yep. Uh, but that was the only panel that we, speaking thing that we watched that day. Yeah. Because uh, we had to go get our PT in. Yeah. And you did that
1: interview with uh, Frank's crowd. Yeah. That guy with the
0: tall hair.
2: Oh, my gosh. Oh, dude. that was um, Frank was. Uh... Oh he was the kid. That guest, was the, the medical Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What were they
1: the some kind of medical doctors association or um Frank was cool. Front
0: yeah, lines, Frank was real yeah, cool. Something Yeah. That guy doing the interview though, boy, he had that hair, didn't he? Yeah. Man, we got to see some style. Yeah. yeah. See some style.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you brought you on on that second day. <laughs> That's we'll right. talk about that in a minute. Wait, we're
2: still on the first day that we yeah. skipped we skipped lunch. We didn't we didn't talk about lunch. Oh, gosh. Yeah. At uh, Carolina's. Carolina's. Oh, we, and we met the owner and, and uh, CEO on day two, so that was pretty handy.
0: Now, I liked Carolina's. I felt like I was in Mexico.
2: Well, I felt like it, too. But I didn't feel like it when I ate the food. <laughs> I really liked it until six miles into our PT run, and then... I, it it was it almost became an emergency situation but but I worked it out. Well
0: Well I think like Justin said, Carolina's is the varsity of Mexican food. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's wilted lettuce and the old uh Walmart brand shredded cheese. Yeah. And it looks like uh looks like just slop. It like a cafeteria would lady would get a spoon and just Flipping on the taco just like and these old flimsy, weak, terrible tortillas. Yeah. I mean, I nearly didn't even eat mine. Yeah. And Chad was like, yeah, let's go to this authentic place. Mexico
2: Authentico right here. It really did look authentic. It did. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it looked like it was just on some back street in Guadalajara. Yeah, yeah, mm.
1: yeah. It tastes like it's on the back street of my darn butthole. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh, son! Uh, what a day! Yeah. All that, no, all that in a half a day.
1: Yeah, uh, I guess the the flight went pretty good there.
0: Yeah. Yep, we got our PTM. Blake complained the whole way. I did not. Had to. He he was Chad in-
1: run us through the frickin road work section of Phoenix, Arizona, where you hopping on steel plates and. Nearly fell in a trench and had to climb barbed wire and go under a bridge. crawling
0: through, through holes. Jump
2: through cut holes and chain link fences. Yep. and Yeah, more.
0: good god. Let me, look. If y'all are traveling, don't think because you're traveling you got a dang excuse to not PT. And don't waste your time going up into the little uh, gym that's in your hotel room, your hotel building. There ain't freaking nothing in there. Get out and go PT. Get outside and go PT. I don't care if you, what you got to do about it. You ain't got no dang excuse. Yeah, I don't care did. if you got to do push-ups in front of the
1: bank. We run on that Type 3 rip-rap down there by the dried-up river.
2: Yeah. And that's a really good way. If, if, if you're traveling, that's an excellent way to see, to really get a feel for the city you're in. You know, yeah. if you can find a local park, just – run from your hotel, go down to the park, check it out. You'll mm-hmm. find something cool.
0: Yep. Well, that was day one. I guess we'll go into day two. Yeah. Which was um, we, woke, we woke up that morning. We PT'd again, ran ran a couple of laps around the convention center, did three max uh, max rep sets of push-ups. We were all pretty even on that. We yeah. we're all hitting about the same numbers on them push ups. I felt heavy, man. I did too. I don't know why I felt so heavy. Yeah. I
1: don't either. Probably that asphalt run we did beat us up. Man,
0: running on that asphalt did beat my legs up. Yeah. I'm not used to running on that hard surface.
2: And flying. Sitting on a plane. I mean you <clears throat> you know, if you if you're if you're used to being as active as you are sitting on a plane for four or five hours is gonna it's 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 gonna go negative. <sighs> yeah yeah i got to shake i still feel like
0: crap even this morning i got to shake that mess yeah but
2: yeah we
1: pt'd went and ate a good uh good breakfast down at the morning squeeze and uh oh man we didn't even talk about the uh the yard did we
0: what yard the milkshake yard oh Oh, my word man yeah if you ever want a crazy milkshake go to the Go to the yard in Phoenix. Yeah. It's It's off the back of that Mexican restaurant.
2: It comes out about the same size as this Nalgene bottle. And Chad's had a banana sideways going all the way across the top. About a
0: half a can of uh, whipped cream on the top. Good gosh almighty. No wonder I felt heavy the next morning at PT.
1: But we ate that morning squeeze. Justin kept just... Just eating a darn tiny portion. I think he got a half an egg, and uh, and two pieces of cantaloupe.
2: I got two eggs scrambled and some cantaloupe. <laughs> Me and Blake had two full plates
0: of food. Oh, y'all had
2: man. double all star, <laughs> add French toast, uh, probably like extra bacon or something. But y'all put it down yeah. for sure. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, we ran into that guy at the coffee shop. Yeah. I don't think we can say his name, but um, ran into that guy. He's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, He's an active-duty team guy. He was there. I was surprised he was there. There are a lot of of people there just from all over the place. He came by um, after you spoke, um, and he he came by and was like, good job. Good. Awesome. And we went back to the hotel room,
0: and we, we got suited up. You had, you had a few mini-minis, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Man, that, uh Carolinas was putting it on me that morning, son. <laughs> I was ex- I was extracting that Carolinas all morning long. <laughs> Chad was in the
1: bathroom with it uh, during ice pick. <laughs> he was coming in and out. He said, oh, gosh, I got to go back in there. Hold on. Here it is. We got about five minutes before we're supposed to be over there. Hang on a second. I've got... <laughs> I- I got
0: to go back in there. We got it down to the wire. I, I had my I had my running shorts on me, my B, my BOA little short running shorts that I wore at Mid State Mile. And I had brought those because I planned to go up there on on uh, my speaking thing and wear those shorts. And then the morning of after I had kind of seen what folks around there was wearing, I thought, darn. They might not even let me up there wearing these shorts. And I, I told Blake and Justin, I said, look, I brought these. Do y'all think I should wear them? And Justin said, if them shorts are good enough to run 38 hours at Mid-State Mile End, they're good enough to go out here on on this stage and speak in. And Blake said, heck yeah, wear them! <laughs> so I, yeah. I donned my BOA, don't tread on me running shorts in a... And a button-down collared shirt. Yep. And we strolled on over there. And your nice OR hat. Yep, and my OR hat. We strolled on over there, got back in that green room backstage with uh, old John Lovell and Ryan. Kleckner. Ryan Kleckner. And the American Sheriff. And the American Sheriff. Mark Lamb. Mark Lamb. Good guy. Yeah, he Good was guy. Guy. But I think I but I'm gonna tell you, when I walked in there in them shorts, I think in boys first thought, Well he must have just come in off a run and he's gonna change. Yeah. And finally old John Lovell said, Are you wearing that? And I said, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the crap do you think I'm wearing, son? Does it look like I have a change of clothes here with me? <laughs> and um you know, it's interesting because I felt it. Those guys treated me differently when we were backstage. Yeah, before the Now, rightfully so. That's no hit on them. They're in a they're in khaki khaki pants, button down shirt, Ryan's in a full suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sheriff has his uniform on. And here I am with a pigtail beard down to my belly button, <laughs> a button-down shirt, and a pair of one-inch BOA shorts. And some Solomon running shoes. And running shoes. And they thought this is just – they I think they thought I was being disrespectful maybe. And maybe I was being disrespectful, but I don't care. Well, you weren't intentionally. No, I wasn't intentionally, but – uh, they treated me differently. I'm cool with that. I can play that game. Yeah. And, and by 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 treating me differently, I mean they didn't know who I was. They assumed I was a weirdo, and now they have to go out here and you know be on stage with this freaking weirdo. I am kind of a weirdo. <laughs> I was gonna say that. What that ain't too far off. So, you know they they kind of. They'd kind of group up, and they'd they'd talk amongst each other, and I'd kind of be standing outside the circle, you know. I think they
2: were getting the game plan together, you know. Well, they came up to you with the game plan, and were talking, and I just look over and I'm like, "There ain't no way Chad's even listening right now." Well, like, Chad
1: went to the bathroom about three times in the yeah. in a matter of five minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I drank I a bunch, bunch of water. Of water that I know it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, um. That was a, uh, that was funny, you know. If people treat you differently like that because of the way you dress or the way you look, don't let that bother you. What's going to happen? I mean,
1: it's just going to happen. If you, I mean, as far outside dressed as you were, I mean, <laughs> your dress attire is far outside to even just go to town in, let alone be at this event where everyone is is in full on business attire then they're gonna say "Mm. what is this joker all about like it's what is he gonna
2: do out there well you have to look at it from a perspective of um you know you're thinking man uh maybe maybe i should have worn something different or they're they're looking at me differently because of this um and i saw on uh ryan kleckner's instagram where he, he put a picture of the, you guys up there speaking, and um, somebody commented, Ryan, you're overdressed, bro. And it's, I, I mean, you know, everybody's got a different perspective, but yeah, I think it was a hit. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, it was definitely a, a good move to wear it up there. I'm just saying, <clears throat> you can't much... Discredit the boys for treating you the way they treated you, the way you was dressed. <laughs> That's
0: what I'm saying. If they
1: don't know you. I mean, if they knew you, then they'd be like, oh, yeah, what's going on? But
0: these joker had never, they didn't even know who Chad was.
1: Uh-uh. No, I mean, you think you're about to, you, you put yourself in their shoes and you think, I'm about to go up here on this stage and. They had 10,000 people here, guys. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to talk to these people about this topic. And then you have this outsider come in and he's got a dual braid and, uh, his darn one inch pants on, and they you about don't want to include him because you think, son, he gonna cramp our style out here. We can't, we ain't gonna be able to do this.
0: It was so, perfect though,
1: dude. It was, yeah. I mean, it was, it was good, and yeah. what we, we go get mic'd up after that. And I mean, we sit back there a little bit, and y'all kind of talked and went and got mic'd up, and Officer Tatum come off.
0: Yep. And we went on out there. How do y'all, how'd y'all think the speech went? Or how'd y'all think the panel went? Give me, give me the
2: rundown on the panel. I think the, <clears throat> I think the panel overall, um, you know, the question was, uh, or the, the, the main topic was wokeness in, in the military, which is obviously why they had you and two Rangers up there. Um, I think the the question uh, afforded a lot of good answers that a lot of people needed to hear. They and and they want to know perspective of what do you guys how how do special operations guys feel about what's going on in the military right now? And I think the answers um, were all pretty good. And I'm you know I'm I'm Blake and I were sitting in the back on the on the corner looking out a little door, and you know I'm just hoping and praying the whole time, like, I hope, I hope they go to Chad last, like let these guys go first and let's, let's see what they have to say. And, and you're, you're good enough speaking that you can just take what they say and either build on it or improve. And, um, it was pretty good. And then when it got your turn, I will say that my impression of, of that first run on the first question it was high order all things went off right then and the i was sitting there taking some little videos and i'm going yeah all right okay and then the crowd just blew up so i panned over to the crowd and they're all just going berserk so it was really cool i thought it was good we got them on their feet right off the bat
1: yeah no, I think it was it was good, you know, you you were able to answer the question but also share what, you know, the message that you wanted to share. And so I mean the message that you shared fit perfect, I think. You know, it was it was a it was a call to action. It wasn't just whining and complaining and shedding light on problems and then saying y'all see all these problems in America. I just want to make sure you see them too, because I see them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, you I, gave people some
2: real, some real things to do with that.
1: Yeah, it's like they have to be told to go do something about them. It—that's I, I, how I felt there. It just amongst the little bit we heard and the the talking was, they're they're shining light on problems and they're saying, "I see that one down there. You see it too." And and yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I see it. All right, well, let's go back to the house then. And, and there was no call to action so the execute call to action was perfect and i mean i you know i thought that was a that was a really good part especially to end the whole session on you know mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean i think i think your uh, your passion and energy took them aback though the the uh, ryan and and john cuz i mean i don't think I don't think they seen it coming from you, the way you were dressed. They probably didn't really know what was going on. But then even from a panel, you know, I mean, yeah. they got chairs out there. So it's expected that people are going to be seated. But it's just not in your nature to stay seated when you're talking. And so when you get up and start sharing, you know, I think it just added that much more for the crowd. But I think it caught everyone else off guard. I don't think they've seen it coming. Oh, the panel was
2: – they were like – what just happened?
1: I watched the uh, the video of it, and I seen I seen Ryan kept looking over at John, laughing, and um, you know I think he liked it, but you know they they liked it. I'm not saying that they were like, oh gosh, what's going on? I think it took them aback in a good way. They were like, dang, but you could see on their faces they were intrigued by you know what you were saying too. So I think the I think that the speech went great, man. And you know I told Chad, foolish of us to to think that. Say, oh crap! We only going to get five minutes to speak out there. I said, foolish of us to think in our little minds that if if there's something that needs to be shared, that God won't make the time or the or the the uh, environment happen to where the message can get out there. Like mm-hmm. He's got ten thousand people out here, and He He's got someone willing to share a message. Foolish of us to think that so anyone could stop that, even if it does happen in five minutes, that that five minutes is as impactful as a two hour speech or however long, you know, and so making the most of that time, I thought you did really good on.
0: Well, I'll tell y'all from my perspective, first of all, I ain't going to speak to anybody from a chair. Yeah. I ain't going to do it. If I don't have anything that's important enough to say, if, if I don't have something that's important enough for me to get on my dang feet and say it, I ain't going to say it. Don't sit me down in a chair and expect me to speak. Yeah. And, and if I don't have enough respect for the people that showed up to listen to me, to get up on my feet and deliver the message to them, then I don't need to be up there. If I expect my audience to get on their feet, I need to get on my freaking feet. Yeah. This is a tip for y'all. Don't ever speak from a chair. If you're into, if you want to create even, even on social media or YouTube, do not film yourself from the chair. If you ain't got something important enough to say that it excites you enough to get you on your feet, you ain't got nothing that you need to say. Yeah. I could agree with that. Mm-hmm. That 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 that's just a tip. All right? Oh, well, Sheriff Lamb loved it. He sure did. Sheriff Lamb was a good dude. All right. Another thing from my perspective. I did not, I can assure you. I did not know what I was going to say when I went out onto that stage. Had no clue. I know Justin had told me, hey, he said, you need to tell these people to execute. Yep. I had that in my head. I thought, well, if it, if it fits, I'll, I'm going to tell these jokers to execute. I didn't know what I was going to say. I went in the bathroom there like I do every time before I speak, before I went out. One of them times I went in the bathroom was just to tell Jesus, hey, I, don't, I I know what I think I could say, but I ain't going to plan on saying that. Yeah. You just go ahead. I'm going to go out here, and you go ahead and use me if you want to use me. And if not, I'll just be up here. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I went out there. And you are right. I am sick and dang tired of people just pointing out what the what the problem is? Yeah. That's been done. Everybody can see it. All right. So we we had a multiple call to actions within five minutes. Yeah. Um. The first was return to reality. Uh. Another one was change the language mm-hmm. around how you're. These are not. The, th- the issues that we're facing are not liberal ideologies. They're evil. Words matter. Change your freaking language. Mm-hmm. When somebody asks you to partake in legitimizing an alternate reality, somebody asks you to partake in that alternate reality, tell them to screw off. You live in reality. Um. Good gosh, I can't even think. There were a few more. But, yeah, you talked about starting with your family and your local yeah. government. start in your family and your your local community. The community, yeah. Not um. Uh, and all these things, all these solutions that you've thought up in your head require action, execute right. So we fit all that in there. Somehow, I don't e- I don't even know, but yeah. um, but yeah. I, I I thought it. I thought it was good, man. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, that's. It, it was a short speech. I mean, you can't. You can't talk too much about it because it wasn't very long. But I think the impact was significant, and I think we saw that after. You know, we came very, off the stage. Mm-hmm. Or you came off the stage.
0: Yeah. Well, once we once we got done and we went back. Um. Well, I, I was we I, I think in boys that I was up there with treated me differently then.
1: Well, I think it I think it was a trust thing. I think yeah. like, you know the the sh- everybody knows the sheriff, right? I mean, I think he's pretty popular, not everybody, but a lot of people know the sheriff. Certainly Ryan and Jeff knew him. And then Jeff and Ryan had done some work together in the past, so they knew each other. So they all kind of trusted each other, and then here's Chad. Even if you were dressed in business attire, I think you still would have been treated a little differently.
0: Just, I just barely had enough Instagram followers to even be up there. I know it. I right on the line. So then you come in,
1: and uh, and then you dress like that. And then afterwards, they're like, I don't care what this guy's wearing. I trust him and agree with, with his morals and values. And, you know, Ryan talked to us for a while afterwards. The sheriff did. We got some patches from the sheriff. Invitation to go run the Grand Canyon with Ryan. And, yeah. So,
0: yeah, so we were able to earn their trust while we were up there, yeah, that was pretty nice. I like that, yeah, I, then
1: we uh what we move out that that dude walks us out
0: uh
1: out there into the back into the open where everybody's mingling,
0: and the lines start to form, good gosh yeah we 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 talk. I I got I gave some autographs. Yeah, I gave multiple autographs. Yeah, never gave an autograph before in my life. <laughs> nope, you leveling up. Um, <laughs> we we spent about an hour down there in the lobby taking pictures and this and that with everybody there, and then we decided we were ready to go. I said, all right, we got to get out of here. And so we walked out, we went up the stairs, and we were 20 yards from the door. And somebody stopped me and said, hey, man, can I get a picture with you? And I took a picture with that one person. And when I looked up, there was about 50 people standing in the line. A, A line had formed. In the matter of 30 seconds. Yeah. I don't know how it happened. That's what I told Blake last night. I said, how did this happen? And he was like, well, I think it's because that was a... Everybody was funneling through that spot right there. And so one picture with this guy turned into another probably hour and a half. I don't yeah. know how long we were there. It was a, while. a Every bit of it. Yeah. It was a while, wow, man. And there was this... I looked up one time and as we were as this line as we were working our way through spending time with these folks it would just backfill the line would just backfill and it what it wasn't getting any longer and I looked up one time and I thought I
2: ain't going to make it through this <laughs> <laughs> help me lord help me <laughs> Blake and I were just like, hey, look, we, we got to make a flight, so there's a hard exit at, yeah. at this time, and we got to figure out how we're going to pull this off. Because here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking these people
0: are uh, taking their time to stand here yeah, to get to have a minute to talk to me and take a picture with me. That means a lot. Yeah. And that means a lot to me personally. I mean, that's a big deal. Well, yeah, we wasn't gonna stand in line over about two minutes to talk to that other guy. I ain't gonna stand in line. Just me personally, I don't. I don't know of many people that I would stand in line to to get a minute with. Right. So for that many people to to care that much about me, that meant a lot. Yeah, and. When I looked up at these people and I thought, this is never going to end, and I'm wore out. I'm hungry. We got a flight to catch. um, But within me, I thought, you know what? I can't just – some of these people have been standing here for 30, 45 minutes as they worked their way down the line. I thought, I can't just
2: leave. Yeah. I can't do that. No, I wouldn't have let you if you wanted to. <laughs> And they were i was paying attention to what everybody was saying you know and they they were just saying some really awesome things and yeah they were they were really encouraged uh and that that encouraged me just hearing how impactful you know this was for these people um and that to me was a a really good indicator of all right we're we're doing we're doing it right
0: yeah
1: well, it, it ain't right. I mean, I'm not going to say it ain't right because I get it. It's a lot of work to do that. But it's. Well, I guess it, what I'm saying is it's worth the work. Like, no, I know not everybody's going to do that. Most people are going to speak, and they're going to go back out that VIP section, go up, and hit their car that's <clears throat> parked away, and nobody catches them. I mean, I get it. But I think it's worthwhile to spend time with each one of those people because, like you said, if it's important enough to them to stand in line – for it then it's important enough for it would be for me personally to share my time with them because that's what we're there for i mean we didn't come there we're not getting paid you know we're not there peddling three of seven project trying to make money in an indirect way we're there to share a message and be who we are and it, it it just wouldn't make sense it wouldn't be right for us to do that and then just leave and if you can give more to these people and they want it, then you got to give it
0: to them. Yeah, that's the way I saw it too. Uh, you know, I I look I I when I look at these situations with some perspective. Blake said it yesterday. He said, "How in the world did two guys that used to live down off a red mountain road and shoot squirrels off the front porch?" And don't do nothing but ride four-wheelers and coon hunt. Nothing. How in the world do you work? Did you work? Did you get on a stage in front of 10,000 people, and then you got people that that want to talk to you? How in the world? You can't even freaking, exp- you can't even, I can't even fathom that.
1: No. I mean, there's no way you could have. If, if someone would have came up and said, Chad, in uh, in 10 years, people's going to stand in line to talk to you. I mean, it's like, come on, man. That's a little bit ridiculous. And that's of no glory. There's nothing that you are, that any of us are, that is so spectacular that they don't want to see us, I don't think, or you. I think it's it's that they want to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves, and they see that you're a part of of that. That's the key. It's not, you know, I don't want people to get this wrong that we're sitting here boasting about how long the line was to stand and talk to Chad. It's not because Chad's great. It's because he's a part of something that's bigger than him, and these other people want to be a part of it. At least that's what I hope. There may be some people that just, there are people out there that idolize you, and that's not right. I'll tell you right now, if that's you and you're following Chad for that reason, you need to quit because it's totally wrong. Uh but I I hope and I think majority of the people were there cuz they liked your message and they liked what you were a part of and they just wanted to say hey and thank you. That's the key. And the picture is is for memories, right? Like I mean that's if if I know a cool guy and I want to get a picture with him it's so I can remember that time that I that I met him not so that I can show
2: everybody, "Oh, look, I got a picture with Chad," you know. Mm-hmm. I think that A lot of those people, especially at, you know, the turning point event, I mean, it's, they're, they're younger, they're college age kids. Um, They, they are hungry for someone to set an example of how to be a person of action Mm -hmm. and not just talk and, you know, I'm not not a dig on anybody else that was there. There's so a lot of great people there, but just in that space in general, the, the media, um, you know, social media influencers and, and all this and that, most of them are just talk. Most of them are not going to be able to bow up on a problem and really do something. And I think they uh, the 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 reactions that I saw was your your energy, passion, um, and you know the final the final thing I don't want to misquote it, but it was a call to Christ. I mean, yeah, at the very end, it was read read your freaking Bible and give your life and give your life to Jesus. And that that place went off, and it you weren't up there preaching, you weren't up there trying to make it about you. That was, um, hey, if you want to be a person of action, it's real simple. And this is how to do it. And, I, I you know, I, I believe people are really hungry for that right now. And, th- you know, it proved it to me seeing all the reactions and talking to all those people afterwards. It just is proof positive, 100%.
0: I, I know it can't be about me because I know how freaking weak and fallible I am. Maybe I'm one of the only people that knows that because I have to live in my own skin. But I, I know that. It cannot ever be about me. And it's astounding to me that there are people out there who actually think it can be about them. Yeah. That is a dead-end road,
1: son. Well, that, that's the difference. There's there's two different ways to do it. These I think these politicians, they have they want to get elected, and so this you know that's really who they are in private. That's what they're all about is they they only care about getting elected, and they get on the stage and they tell people what they want to hear. To to try to get elected, right? And then they go look them up and they see, oh well, they're just really trying to get elected. That's they're just a politician, and then you have someone that comes out that is a Christian, and that's who they are. And they get up and they tell you about these other... It's like a reverse, you, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they're telling you what you want to hear, but when you go look them up, that's not what they're about. And, the, and then the flip of it is you're telling them something that's intriguing, but when they look you up, they find something good, you know? I don't know. I don't think I articulated that well, but I think it's... Uh, yeah. It's it's like a total flip of what most people try to
2: do. Mm. I, I feel like a lot of them are using... Um, you know, they, they use Jesus like a, like a brand name shirt. Yeah. You know, like you, you want to come into school on the first day with a polo shirt. You got to have that little pony right there on your shirt and make sure everybody knows that your mom spent mm. $75 on a shirt, yeah. you know? And I mean, that's fine. I guess, I guess anybody out there talking about Jesus is good. But, you know, I think what you're saying is, um it's it's all about the intention. Yeah. And 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 you, you gotta have that locked in and in focus and not just be out there, you know, blurting off at the mouth whatever you feel like is is gonna be what people wanna hear. Yeah, I mean I hadn't really put my thumb on it, but it this
1: the just the, the event in general I think was a good I mean, good for even me to see that arena and how it functions, because I've never been in anything like that. You know, we're around a lot of good people at 307 Project, and it's easy, you know, you can, your perspective on who you're around is what you think majority is like, and so when we're around a lot of good people and we think, man, there's a lot of people out there that are really doing this thing right, and there are, but then you lose track of the people that are out there like that, you know, and so... That just kind of brings a new mission out, right? I mean, at least that's what I think, is those are new things we can address and new things we can talk about and shed light on and see,
0: you know, how do you go about fixing that? There were a lot of things about that conference that were toxic. Yeah. There were a lot of things there that that were. I felt it. This guy sent me a message on Instagram. I think it threw him off. Um, He said, he, he commented on one of the stories we saw. I was there. And he said, now tell your audience to stop following Trump like a false prophet and watch them boo you out of the building. Blind allegiance is still blind. I love you, man, but that conference is poisonous. And I commented to him, I agree. And it threw him off. It slapped, threw him off. He said, "Huh? See, every time I think you aren't who you are, you are him. (laughs) I was like, no, man, I agree with you. A lot of things about this political arena and this specific conference were toxic and poisonous. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't go. Well, yeah, I mean, that that means you should
1: go. Exactly, that means you should go. Yeah, I mean, that's... It, that's the best place you can be. I didn't know it was going to be that way. You know, when uh, it, Steve Weatherford's actually one who reached out and asked if we were interested, and I looked it up, and I knew it would, was going to be political. But, I, you know, I, I just don't spend time in that area, so I don't know what those people are like. I mean, I can see on TV, but I don't trust what I see on there until I go experience it for myself. But, you know, I just... I really felt like we should go do it and I don't really have any good reasons behind that but when we got there I think that's a big reason that I felt like we should have went and done it because I I told Justin he said what should I do to prepare for this you know is there th- something I can do to get ready or be thinking on and I was like no man I just see this as a mission like I I literally saw this like we are three i don't want to get like churchy but like essentially three uh i don't even like to say churchy i don't want to get religious or whatever but three disciples going out to do a mission like jesus said hey guys i got this thing i need y'all to go do and it's like i just said man have your family in order have yourself squared away and we're just going to go give ourselves to these people of who we are so have everything squared away so there's no distractions and we'll go give them who we are and that's really how i viewed this and when we were able to go there, and, and that was the atmosphere, it was like, that's just, that's where you got to be. You got to be among the tax collectors, right? I mean,
2: well, how many times in the Bible did Jesus go be with certain people that later he was told that he shouldn't have been around those people? Well, yeah. Had yeah. no business, you know, being around them. So, you know, we'll follow that example and go wherever uh the, the message can be spread. Yep. Easy as that.
1: Yeah, that's it. Live your life in a way that it should be lived and go out to the people who aren't living it that way.
2: Yeah, and and hey, uh I didn't go to Turning Point USA America Fest and become a Republican either. I I didn't catch it while I was there. Nah. Yeah. I'm still just a Christian uh that doesn't care about politicians.
0: Yep. At all. Agreed. Well, that was that. We we went on to the airport. Uh the airport experience was pretty cool because the the airport there was being flooded now by these people who just got all fired up <laughs> at this event. And there were just there were probably hundreds there that weren't down with the whole mask thing yeah and the tsa was about to blow a freaking fuse oh son they were they were hitting the limit
2: chad dropped a bomb on them right there in the line though well that was a good one
1: we weren't wearing our masks. the the lady when i scanned my id she was real cool i was you know went up smiling hey how you doing and she was like oh i'm doing great uh do you got a mask i said yeah and she said well you you know she didn't tell me not to put it on, but she was like, look, just have it with you because they're going to make you put it on over here. She didn't ever tell me to put it on, so I said, all right, thank you. Went through the line, and boy, that one lady, that short-haired Hawaiian-looking lady, Whew. son. She she was on it, boy. Full force, and she told us, put your masks on. And I've got this one made by fake Mask, and it's just this <laughs> mesh you can see through. So I probably shouldn't have done it, but spitefully, I took it out and pulled it up over my eyes because you can see through it. And I seen her over there, and she said, look, he's, he's got it over his eyes. And she said, do you got another mask? You can't said, wear that mask. Yeah. Yeah. I said, no, I don't. And she said, well, you got to go back out and start this process over then. And luckily, like Chad said, everyone there that was flooded it, uh, they wasn't on board with her crap either. And the guy was like, here, I've got an extra right here. And, and Chad had one too, but man it was just so when she came over there and said that he went digging through his bag looking for another mask and uh chad said yeah you know hitler required compliance too and son that turned her <laughs> around she 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 pulled the yeah. old e brake spun it in reverse yeah. and she went on back back to the other line get it out of there she man. wasn't about to get into that
0: that that airport was getting just flooded son and yeah, this lady come up and she she just got on us. And I looked up at her. I said, I said, boy, you really you really bought into this math stuff, ain't you? And she said, well, you know, it's it's the rules. You have to follow the rules. And I said, well, well, you know, the math thing, it don't do nothing, right? You you do understand that this this doesn't work. And she said, well, you know, it's the rules. You got to follow them. And I said, well, yeah. Well, Hitler required compliance, too. And um, I, I don't know what she responded to that. I just know I never saw her again. She turned tail after that.
1: Took a hard pivot. And then that old man, after we got through the checkpoint, remember when was talking to those other people, and you took, took a picture with him, and he said, you've got to either put – he done told us like twice, so he was mad. You've got to either put your mask on or leave my section, and we said, "All right, we're
0: leaving." Yep. I you know, I'm conflicted for these poor TSA people. Um, because, like I said, they're just they they're required to to enforce this this rule that is is not really constitutional as it's not, it's not mm-hmm. even really a legitimate rule. There, there's nobody to even enforce this rule. Well,
2: it's not a law.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not a law. Yeah. That's it. And, and they're stuck in this situation where if they don't enforce it, they're, they could potentially lose their job. Yeah, And you know, it's a it's a hard spot for him. I like I can I can sympathize with them. Yeah. Um but I guess you could say the same thing about Hitler's SS. Yeah. I guess you could say the same thing about the about the German sh- soldiers who were who were, you know, corralling the Jews off the off the trains to the
2: um Gas chambers. Yeah. And all of that was um, brought on and uh, grown by propaganda. And it's it's absolutely no different than than what people are being fed right now. 100%. Yep. So
0: but, I, I'm, I'm trying to sympathize with these people in, in a certain sense. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I had... I reached my point of being fed up six months ago. I'm way beyond being fed up. And um, the mask thing, it ain't about, it. this ain't about the mask. No. This is so, this, uh, y- y'all think I'm crazy. This is so much deeper. It's about them being able to tell you to do something that has no legitimacy, but they can. But they're forcing you to do it, and using using
1: you, the American people, like pawns to carry out their their actions.
0: Yeah, I, I am just I'm 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 slam over it, and I, you know, just like with that lady at TSA, I, I'm if I have to fly. I got no choice, man. Yeah. They, they won't let, if I got, if I want to get somewhere, there are certain points where they're just slap not going to let me through unless I put that mask on well, yeah. for, for a second. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to start having these hard conversations with these people at these airports, these TSA agents. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to have the hard conversation with them. I'm going to pause for a moment. Well, we did. You remember the two that stopped us that uh, the the morning of
1: the flight, and they said, y'all got to put your masks on. Or they said, do y'all got masks? And we said, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember them. And they said, well, you got to put them on. You checked the box. And we said, yeah, we'll, we'll put them on when we get on the plane. And they said, no, we require that you put that on. And we they said, said,
0: look, everybody else is doing it. Yeah. And we said,
1: well, no, we're not going to put them on. And they said, yeah, you are. And we was like, here we are. You say you you say we have to, and we say we're not, and then they just walked off. That was how that went. They just walked off. They just walked off. They just walked off. Didn't even say there was no closing words. That we just we came to a standstill, <laughs> and
2: we're like we're we're in the you know we're in the terminal and. Truth it's, be told they they probably have some level of protocol in place where they have to give people yeah certain amount of verbal verbal warnings and then they they probably went back and reported that to somebody.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, you know they got uh SOP standard operating procedures on what, you know, what they're going to do but Oh yeah.
2: Uh well if there's but, a government list for being asked to put your mask on at the airport I'm at the top yeah cuz I hear sir please put your mask on pretty much but it every it's, time I go it's not about to me about being difficult I don't
1: want to cause these people more trouble than they have but it to me it's just about bringing awareness to it and saying look you know they no no we're not going to put them on and we weren't rude to these people we didn't use foul language. We didn't raise our voice. We just told them, "No, we're we're not going to. We're not. We do are not going to do it. We don't want to do it." And it was just as calm and easy as that. And they they just went on. And so I mean I don't know. I guess you can argue whether that's right or wrong or or whatever. But you got to. I mean, you've got to eventually stand for something.
2: Uh, other other <laughs> you know, people like, in there need to see that as well. So I was checking in, going through security on Monday, and it there's a, an ocean of people in these zigzag lines going, going through to check in. I'm the only one without a mask on. And uh, this young lady, you know, we kept crossing paths in the zigzag line, and she came up, and she was like, how in the world are you in here without a mask on? I was like, I just took it off and it's in my pocket and I'm going to wait on them to force me to put it on. And when I get to that point, I'll cross that bridge. But I could see in her eyes, she wanted to be empowered to do that herself, but she was scared and fear has gripped everyone in this country. Um, and it's just terrible. It's terrible to see that people don't have, um, you know, what what they need to feel like they can just live their lives.
0: It's going to be uncomfortable.
1: Well, do you think that they are asking that? I mean, number one, they're doing it because they're required. But you could be passive about it like that lady. You know, she didn't tell me not to put it on, but she also didn't directly tell me to put it on. And so, I mean... I guess maybe it's a mix of both but do, I mean do you think they're asking cuz they're required or because they really believe like I think those two in the in the terminal I think they believed in the mask and they they've and,
2: been indoctrinated
1: Yeah and they were like oh my gosh the coronavirus is rampant in here cuz these two people don't have their masks on I think there's a difference there to where people are passionate about and they are like hunting somebody to not have their mask on yeah. versus just Because I'm doing it because it's their job, you know, the people that it's their job, you can tell they're polite about it. They're nice about it. They're like, hey, look, you know, if you don't have it, I can go get you one. But some people are just flat out buttholes about it, like that woman over there. And I think she felt passionate about you
0: have to wear your mask because, you know, the interesting thing about those individuals that are passionate about it and that that have been indoctrinated. They are all cowards every last one of them. It's a key component for them to be in that mindset. It's a key component for them to also be a coward. So when you do challenge them with some, with, with, with some conversation, they will always back down from that. That's the coward in them, right? Yeah. they're they're going to go to someone else and expect someone else to enforce their beliefs upon you yeah. they're not going to do it themselves and so i i have noticed that yeah so we're dealing we, we actually are in a battle with a bunch of cowards and the reason we can't win is because we don't want to be uncomfortable which, in a sense, we're partaking in that cowardness, yeah, and we like we don't wanna we don't wanna cause a scene like but it's getting it no it has gotten to the point where we it's time to cause a scene, yeah, it's time to challenge these people on this stuff
1: well, and you know, the lady came over there when we were sitting at the gate, and someone had told on us. Some other airport person had said, hey, there's a group of people over there without their mask on. So this woman comes over and says, hey, somebody told on y'all you didn't have your mask on. I'm over here to tell you to put it on. And John's sitting over there with us and throws us all a one-by-one square of cheese. And we say, yep, we're eating this cheese. And she just walks on, you know. But like her, she's just doing what she's told. Yeah. That lady was. You know, she she could have raised a fuss and, and... got, you know, caused a big stink about it. But, it. I mean, it's just a tough line. When you decide that you're going to stand for that and you agree that it's right, th- then to me the situations are no longer uncomfortable. Then you're comfortable doing it. When you say, all right, now enough is enough. It's time to – I'm just – I'm not doing it anymore. You're comfortable doing it. You're confident yeah. in what you believe in and you're comfortable doing it. But I think a lot of people don't really know what they believe whether it's right or wrong, they see value in both sides. And so when someone tells them, they're not confident in it enough to not have it on, so they just do it. Yeah.
2: But, too too yeah. many people believe that what the television tells them to believe. Yeah. And that's a problem. But that was probably the worst mask airport experience
0: I'd had. Yeah. they They were overwhelmed. And in that terminal, what had happened was all the people there were like three or four gates right there and all the people that had been out to this event that we were at um they all kind of grouped up in one little section and we had the numbers yeah and and wasn't what none of us going along with the freaking bull crap uh it was the first time i've ever been in the airport and we actually had the numbers yeah and it was, it was these jokers in this airport was blowing a fuse. Yeah, they probably didn't even sleep that night. They that didn't know what put. to
2: freaking do, man. Oh, don't forget, there was a, a, a man walking by us <clears throat> with probably a four or five-year-old little boy, you know, I guess it was his son. He was holding his hand, walking by, and he comes by us, and he goes, look, son, there's apparently a lot of fascists on this yeah. flight, and... Yep. Didn't sit well with me, but you know.
1: And that's uh, that's that coward. That's that yeah. coward in him. He didn't he didn't have enough you know what to come over there and say to us, you bunch of fascists, why don't you put your freaking masks on? He had to tell his son in front of us, it used his son as a pawn yeah. to get his point through to us, you know. It's like right. dude, come on, man. Right.
2: And and he could spend forty five minutes on Netflix and find out who real fascists are and and how that goes. It ain't us, I can tell you that right now. And I, it's just sad to see somebody that uninformed, yeah, uh, and that disingenuous with their their actions. I mean, you know, when when that happened, I sat there and just thought about it, and and I I thought, man. Uh, what a weak, powerless individual, a, a, a sad example for a man, for his son, who, if he really felt that passionate about it, he should have walked up to one of us and said that he should have came and said that to my face. If, if he was a, uh, you know, had, had anything about him, he would have done that, but he just, yeah you know, and you, you know, you know, what's weird to me too is the way
0: that we are. I don't give two craps if somebody wants to wear 10 masks. Yeah. Put your whole freaking face in a mask. (laughs) I ain't going to say a word to you. That's on you, man.
2: Blake does, and you didn't say nothing to him.
0: (laughs) Why in the crap are these people so concerned about what I'm doing? I don't care. This is the difference.
1: Well, I, like here's I,
0: the difference. Like I
1: told you, what if we put our mask on and you get up there and they ask you to pull it down to confirm your identity? What if you wore your mask and you said, what? You want me to take my mask off in this airport? It is federally mandated that I wear this. And you're within six feet of me. I will not take my mask off for that. I remain in full compliance. Yeah. I mean, what's the difference there? What's the difference in us saying, you've got two masks on, you know how much bacteria is breeding inside of that mask that can make you sick and this and that, and then we're going to have to pay for your health care because now you're sick because you're wearing your mask? What's the
0: difference? Yeah. But we're di- not over
1: here doing that. The
0: difference is we want. We believe that we should all be able to do what the crap we want, what, yep. what you want to do, man. Yep. It's just mind-boggling. Well, ultimately, here we go
1: trying to apply logic to a yeah. logical situation. I, I mean,
0: ultimately, I want to encourage you guys. Once that plane got up off the ground, we all removed our masks again because, again, we had the numbers. We went the whole flight. I went the whole flight without wearing a mask. Yep, I did too. Um, and ultimately. If you're listening to this, I will I would encourage you that it is time to start having the hard conversations and start start making people feel uncomfortable. And that might feel uncomfortable to you too at first, but that's okay. Well, it feels uncomfortable to me for them to ask me to put it on. Yeah. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So that that's okay. It's time to start sacrificing your, your social anxiety and your social comfort. And it's time to start having, it, it's time to start, you know, making yourself feel a little uncomfortable in these in these places and situations. Well,
1: yeah, now that you realize there's no real science of protection behind, it. Dr. McCullough said that uh, the coronavirus is one, like whatever, one micron. And the mask, the average mask is like three microns. So it's literally three times bigger. Yeah. The hole in the mask is 3 times bigger than the the virus. So there you have a a very brilliant doctor telling you this. Multiple people have said that, but he shared those specific numbers. So you see that it's no longer logical. And so yeah, now it, it if it had some science behind it, I might could get on board with it if it was really cutting the numbers. You know, like it actually did provide some kind of protection. I might could get on board with it and say, you know, I mean, this is uh, this is really stopping from people dying, but it's not. It you see when you actually see the agenda behind it,
2: I think you can stand up for it. Yep. And if you have if you have children and they're in a school system that is still requiring that they wear masks, find all of this data. If if you can't find it, you can send me a DM and I'll find it for you and send it to you. Find the data send it to your school board and demand that they stop forcing your children to be masked. It is 100% affecting their development. It's affecting the relationships with their friends, their teachers, Um, and it's it's not just going to last a couple of years. These are impacts that are going to affect these children, for their entire lives and if you're not fighting for your children and you're not going to the school board and showing them this data show up to the school board meetings and actually do something you're failing yeah go do something about it if you need help doing it send me a dm and i'll help you
1: yeah i mean i think that that wraps it up good i don't want to uh talk more about something that you know it's already been beat to death, I think the the value that that you should get from this is that it you can stand up against it, you know in certain places, certain places you have to put it on if you want to fly, and it's okay to stand up against it. We had the experience we stood up against it, and we're back home today the The flight was fine, we had some uncomfortable conversations and even if it was just a centimeter step. In the in the right direction that, whatever you know, who knows. But that's what I think you should take from this whole, you know, last twenty minutes about masks. In our experience, is that it's time to step up, and it's okay to step up. It's going to be uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that it's not right. Yeah, I agree. But that I mean that wraps it up. Really, all in all, it was a dang good experience. We got to, man, we got to meet a lot of new people share a good message, um, get to see what that political scene is all about and, you know, the good and bad, both of it. I thought it was a really good trip. I'm thankful for the opportunity to go do it.
0: Yeah, I was too. I was, it was good. Well, yeah, that was about an hour and 43 minutes. I know I said some stuff on here that probably upset some people. Don't get mad at me for... Talking about how bad Cameron Haynes was at his speech.
2: (laughs) We can scratch that bow hunting trip off the list. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we love
0: you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. This is the 3 of 7 podcast. Enough said.